0: in business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you want to get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now. It's called PrimeFlow. PrimeFlow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With PrimeFlow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future and once people do business with each other that you've connected you can then get your fee through prime flow in a world dominated by excel and old crms Products like PrimeFlow are a godsend. So thank you so much, PrimeFlow, for sponsoring this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want to build a relationship-driven business and build an agency around your network, you need PrimeFlow. Go to PrimeFlow.com or just email me, Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately. That's PrimeFlow.com or email me at Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter, PrimeFlow.com. Build a relationship-driven business. All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode Alright, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Sarah Greisdorf, who is the founder of Holdet. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Really looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. For people that don't know what Holdet is, haven't heard of it, can you kind of share what it is and what you're working on?
1: Sure. So Hold Up makes professional workwear that has real pockets for women. As a company, it's our mission to support women from the moment they get dressed. So we do that with our workwear. And uh, we also have a community called Back Pocket for college age and recent grad women to share career advice and personal advice and everything in between.
0: So when you started this, how did you decide which article of clothing to do first? I guess, like, how do you think about um, kind of is that product selection or kind of how do you think about that process of, of building that whole debt?
1: Sure. So we actually at the beginning weren't even a clothing line. We started by aggregating clothes with pockets from around the internet um, in various categories like clothes you'd wear at home, workwear, et cetera. Um, and it wasn't for really a year and a half um, and after that that I decided to launch the clothing line itself. Um, and at that point it was, you know, we're trying to think about how can we give women clothing that's more functional? Where are they wearing clothes that, that need to be more functional? And, you know, we spend so much of our time at work and so we- really wanted to start with work wear. Um, I've always been a, a blazer fan. I, in high school, I had to wear a uniform four out of five days a week. And, and on Fridays, everyone would come in sweats and I would come in a blazer. So um, it seemed like a natural fit. And so we originally wanted to start with a blazer pants, so a suit and then a dress and a shirt, but got advice from mentors that it, we'd probably be best off starting with one signature piece. So we decided to start with the suit and and now we're building one that has eight functional pockets as opposed to a typical suit which can't even hold a woman's phone
0: and I'd love to hear um, you, you shared a little bit but just kind of like overall what when when you decided to start this like why did you decide to start it and then um, uh, you said a year and a half you, you were building the brand before you decided to launch th- this specific brand um kind of what decided you to get started in the very very beginning or I guess like the origin of story of Holdette?
1: sure so it was actually my senior year of high school and for restaurants I just graduated from Boston University a uh, member of the class of congratulations Thank you. <laughs> it was a weird time to graduate, but we're making the most of it. Um, but yeah, as my senior year of high school, I was taking a shower one day because that's really where I do my best thinking. And I was thinking about how every time I left the house, I had to carry my phone and my keys and my wallet in my hands or in a purse. And none of my male friends ever had to do that. And I thought about why that was. And I was like, oh my gosh, they have pockets and I never do. And so at that time, you know, now, you know, four years, ago it was an embarrassingly uh, little amount of um, market research that I did at the time but I decided that nobody was tackling the issue and and I was going to do something about it myself and so I got to Boston University that fall started talking to all my female friends about it, and they were like yes you have to do something about that and
0: I'm curious why do you think the problem exists like why are there so few pockets you know uh, for women's clothing do you have any idea on um, why that is?
1: yeah it's actually a four hundred year long history that um, really goes back to women ha- when they had uh, those big puffy skirts that you've seen really from like the 1600s and um, women used to actually tie like little bags to their uh, waistlines and um, eventually the skirts started to get smaller those little bags were you know, were tied inside the the waistline of the skirt. And so that was kind of the first like pocket. Um, eventually um, those went out of style and it, we really have to fast forward to um, World War One um, to get, um, uh, you know, the next time that women had pockets. So basically men went all off to fight in the war. Women were doing the jobs that men were doing. And so they started wearing the clothes that men wore when uh, they were, you know, in factories and, and those pants did have pockets. So, you know, that was one time that women did pockets. Um, Kind of the same thing happened again during World War II. After that, women went into the home. It was very much this whole patriarchal society. Women belong in the kitchen. And so the clothes that were created were really less for functionality for women and more for men to look at women. And so they wanted them to be as slimming as possible. Um, And and that's kind of where you get this, like, modern lack of pockets paired with the idea that clothes that are ready to wear in, in a HM or a czar really being inspired by what's on the runway, and the same companies that are, you know, on the runway are also making purses. So, why would they add any pockets to their clothing?
0: Wow, that, that, there is a history there. I appreciate you sharing all that. I definitely just learned something new. So, for you, how do you think about it? I don't even know how to ask this question, but like, pocket for me, um, how do you think about like, where to put pockets on the workwear? Like, like I guess the balance between functional and fashionable. How do you, how do you kind of find find that balance when, um, when, when um, working on the clothing?
1: Totally. So, just like what you said, we we try to lie at the intersection of function and fashion. Um, a lot of the actual placement is very much inspired by menswear. The only difference is that you know women torsos tend to look a little bit different than men so the placement in the pockets in our blazer we we were trying to optimize to not add a lot of bulk um because you know women you know for themselves also like to look slimmer and so um the blazer itself has two outside pockets and then four inside pockets so two on each side and the way that they're placed um is so that when you add items into them they they don't really add a lot and then um on the pants we have two front pockets which are quite deep it's workwear so you don't need something that's you know skin tight, just that, you know, looks flattering. And so we were able to make the front pockets pretty deep. And then we actually didn't add back pockets to the pants. I think back pockets are like super inferior. And if we're giving you all these other ones, we didn't think you needed back pockets, but you know, women have back, back pockets right now is our only option because um, brands aren't adding really sufficient front pockets. But back pockets, as soon as you sit down or you need to go to the restroom or any of those things, your phone's falling out. So um, instead of optimizing for that, we optimize for for all these other placement of pockets.
0: And how do you think about um, go, kind of going back to, I believe you said investors or stakeholders when talking about like um, what to focus on? How do you find the balance between, you know, um, I guess what to focus on you starting with a kind of signature p- uh, piece of clothing? Do you do you have other ideas down the line? Are you focusing primarily on this? And how do you kind of know um, how much to focus on for today versus thinking about tomorrow?
1: Sure. So, Uh, A lot of the thinking we're doing right now is kind of on, you know, what comes next after the suit. And, you know, we're selling the pieces separately. So they're pretty versatile. It's just a blazer and pants. Um, But we're thinking about pieces like a dress and a jumpsuit and sweaters and and shirts and and ways to expand that, you know, pair nicely with what we've created before. But we're also very aware that the work uh, space uh, landscape is changing as a lot of people transition to working from home. And so um, I think selling the pieces individually kind of, you know, um, mitigates that problem. you know a lot of times you need to just look nice on the top so a blazer fixes that or you want to feel a little bit put together so you put actual pants on for the day. So there's that. but also how do we build pieces in that are you know comfortable, flattering, um, but you know work whether you're working from home or or out in the office. So um, a lot of that comes down to the materials that we choose, the cut um, of the pieces. so yeah, we have a a lot in, a lot in um, you know the the fire cooking.
0: Definitely. And then if you were to look at actually yourself and, and your average day, um, what, what do you find you, you yourself spending um, your time on, uh, you know, product, raising capital, employees focusing on getting it out? How, um, how do you spend your time?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of different things every day. We have a team of four um, right now, and so we have people doing community, PR, and design, and I basically do everything else. So um, on a week-to-week basis, I am spending time you know, talking to my employees who do one-on-ones on Mondays and team meetings on Thursdays. So some of my time is you know, making sure that they need, they have all the things that they need to get their work done. And then um, on top of that, it's a lot about um, getting the word out there uh, about the brand, whether it's, you know, through opportunities like this or collaborating with people. Um, And then I'm thinking a lot recently about like brand experience. When you open our box for the first time and pull out your blazer, what's that experience like? And um, then, yeah, like I said, just getting the word out there. We just launched an ambassador program. So um, basically just trying to extend our reach as much as possible is probably how I would sum up how I spend my days.
0: Definitely. Um, And then... I, one more question about like, you know, you're, you're building a product um, that people use, right? And when, and when, when people use it specifically this time, where um, they probably have feedback, they probably say, Oh, build this or create this or do go in this direction. Um, you as a founder, how do you find the balance between sticking to your, your kind of vision guns plan and listening to feedback uh, specifically. Cause in this case, this isn't like, you know, you can't like, you know, push, push lines of code for, you know, 10 hours and you make a change. Right. Um, it's almost more like hardware. How do you find the balance between like, um, focusing on your plan, but also making sure you're building what people want.
1: Totally. And I love that metaphor. Cause, uh, at Boston university, I actually studied computer science. So it was definitely a, a shift from, you know, can making a change immediately to it taking like three months if I want to make any adjustments. Um, and I think it really starts with like being willing to take feedback. We always say our Instagram DMs are open. Hello at hold com, um, And then also through our Slack community, we're constantly taking advice and feedback. And I think um, a lot of it comes down to realizing that, you know, my opinion's not always going to be um, necessarily correct from the start. And so that's why I'm really lucky to have the team that I do, because when we get feedback in, we can kind of discuss it as a team and figure out if it makes sense with the roadmap that we have created and, and make adjustments when necessary. But um, we have made uh, changes based on, you know, feedback. We launched with our membership program. We've We've made changes to that even in the Really, six months that it's been launched, um, but I think you know a lot of it comes down to gut and and thinking about where do I see the company in the next couple of years, and how does the feedback that we're getting fit into that and um, strengthen that mission and allow us to to grow in a way that's you know valuable to our customers.
0: And like on the growth side, you know companies grow, right? They grow into what they're going to be, and I'm curious for you. Um, if you were to look out at you know five ten years about what this could grow into, um, or I guess in other words, your big vision, um, what what is that? And um, I guess what direction are you rowing in with this company?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am hoping in the next you know couple of years, sooner rather than later, we kind of become a go to place for for female new grads, um, both from, you know, a workwear perspective, you you need to wear clothes and you go to work, but, um, also from a resource and a advice, um, kind of perspective, um, with our, you know, online community and with the resources we put out on LinkedIn and Twitter and and Instagram that, you know, when you have a question about about something related to your career where the place that you go. I have these, you know, big, um, you know, blue sky visions as far as like a place, um, which is like a our like retail front, but also it doesn't look like a retail front. There's like couches and French meat cookies and, and you go into network with the other customers. You're not there just to, you know, focus on whatever you're trying to find. Um, and then in the back, there's like a co-working space for, you know, people to work on their own ideas so they can like feed into the next generation. So um, definitely a lot of big visions, but, but definitely starting with being a go-to place for, for workwear and, and for advice and everything in between.
0: Absolutely. And, and then to make that happen, you'll, you'll need some help, right? You'll need, you know, obviously customers, maybe investors if you want more investors, employees, things like that. Um, luckily, you know, all of the sort are listening um, to this podcast, uh, to Forward Thinking Founders. So my last question for you is how can the listeners help? Is there an ask that you have for the Forward Thinking Founders community that is something that can be helpful to you?
1: Sure. So uh, yeah, definitely first off would be customers or, um, you know, if you know someone who might benefit from an upgrade to their closet, definitely shoot them our way, holdet.com. And then um, we are starting to tease the idea of having conversations with um, angel investors, um, just thinking about our growth going forward and seeing if that seems like a good fit. So if this idea seems like something you might want to partner with on our growth, definitely feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. And then the final, final question. If someone did want to reach out, they like what they heard, they you know, want to learn more um, or even become a customer. How can they do that? What's your website? Can they find you on social media? Can they email you? How can someone get in touch if they want to?
1: Sure. So yeah, definitely. Uh, we're on social media at Holdette on every platform and um, our website's holdet.com And then if you want to be in touch with me directly, it's just sarah at holdette.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on with the podcast. Best of luck with Holdet.